0: guys. Welcome back. Pete's in a good mood. I'm in. I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. He's making fun of me. Let's just get into this.
1: So guys, Dustin, you know, you know, those mornings that you wake up and you just think like, wow, I'm really on one. I'm really funny today. (laughs) I just got the jokes flowing. That's Peter Peter today. (laughs) Dustin thinks that's him. And uh, I'm like, I'm here laughing at how not (laughs) funny the guy is. But no. I got a, I got a lot of great things to, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun stuff happening here that I'm excited about, but got a good reason for you guys to be super excited because today on Bachelors in the City, we have a great episode for you. Reality TV is as reality TV does. And today we have two stars from the hit Bravo show, Vanderpump Rules, on to chat with us about the new season and all the great things going on in their lives. We're talking about Sheena and Brock. Possibly a guest appearance from uh, a little one,
0: a little cutie pie, a little cutie pie, a little, we'll a little it. cutie pie, a little cutie pie. Yeah, we talk. Uh, what do we talk about? Actually, we talk about family. We talk about video games, sports, podcasts. As we Talk
1: about it all.
0: We talk about it all. Actually, it's so fun. You're gonna be listening someone... to this, and
1: you're gonna be like, "Wow, where are they going with this? Where are they going with yeah, that?" You for sure. just never know. So,
0: and it's so crazy how some, like a, a waitress. Life could totally change after 10 years of being on reality TV. It's amazing.
1: Pretty inspiring, actually. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this story. So, And
0: I'll tell you one more thing. What I think about these two, uh, no, never mind. I'm going to let everyone else figure it out for themselves. <laughs> Why? Do Why do you always do that? Uh, you know, yeah. a little quick <laughs> okay. cl- reaction. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll save it. All right. So uh, Dustin's leaving you with the cliffhanger, leaving you in suspense. Uh, So I guess we're just going to get into it. We're going to bring them on. Guys, Sheena and Brock.
0: Let's go. Are
2: we going to highlight the fact that I only have one earphone on? (laughs) 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 We just addressed that at the beginning of (laughs) this. You're, you're looking a great, man. A 14 year massacred my whole squad with headshots, and I got pissed, and I threw it down, I broke my earphone. Oh, is this oh on what, Ca- Call of Duty or something? Yeah, this was on Warzone,
1: yeah. Oh, Warzone. Okay, you got to love it. That's my I'm a Fortnite too. guy myself, but right, See, I See,
2: I was a Fortnite until these 12-year-olds are building castles around me and trapping like, like, me and me traps in, and then I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm just like, cool, nice, I'm over this. <laughs>
0: It's amazing how these kids, how good they are at these video games. Like, and how much money these kids are making from those video games as well.
1: What's that guy, Ninja? That guy's a multimillionaire.
2: Yeah. Well, especially now in the space. My argument was just playing video games. It's cognitive creativity, especially Fortnite. Because now you're not just going on like, oh, go shoot someone. You can now actually gameplay yourself to build these traps, to build the... Like, it's very creative.
1: No, it is.
0: She's like, she's like, she's like, whatever. Okay.
1: She is like, what the hell? What kind of podcast is this? I just think uh, we all chose the wrong industry. But with that being said, all right. Brock and Sheena, welcome guys.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having guys? us.
1: Yeah. Happy to of have course, you Of here. course, Of uh, course. So you two, two uh, stars of the hit Bravo show, Vanderpump Rules.
0: You guys have a new season out. Uh, lots to yeah. talk about. Well, real quick, Vanderpump Rules. Give us a, for people that haven't seen it, I'm sure a lot of people have, but for the people that haven't, what's it all about? What's going on with the show? Take it away,
3: honey. Well, it started as a group of us friends who all worked at Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, Sir, and it kind of followed our lives outside of work and our career paths and everything, and now it has evolved nine years later to where some of us are parents on the show now, and it really is just still the core group of friends, Lisa Vanderpump, she rules, and it's her rules, and we never really understood where the rules comes from. Is it like... You know, like she's awesome, or it's like what she says goes. Either works.
2: I feel like, so, I feel like I experienced it this season for the first time. I, I feel like Lisa is just very good for you guys to talk to. She's good with advice. She's like a so mentor. she gives you guided rules. That's where I think the Vanderpump rules comes from. I got to experience that this, this season. Yeah. Hands-on. Yeah, so
0: she's the owner of the restaurant. Yes. Okay. And what did you work as in the restaurant business?
3: I was a server.
0: Server, all right. I used to be a server. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now I'm I'm a retired server, thank <laughs> God. Did you ever
0: imagine <laughs> that this could happen from just, you know, being a server and go, like you're like in the spotlight and you're like a celebrity now. And the, well, that, that,
1: so that, that, that's kind of a question I had. Let me just piggyback on that. So with this, you said started about nine years ago. You guys were all working in the industry mm-hmm. in this restaurant. Is you guys were legit working, like before the show even existed, you guys were working oh, at yeah. this restaurant. And then how does that idea like come about to then turn this into a reality TV show to become, you know, the success that it has become now.
3: So I was working at her other restaurant, Villa Blanca, as well as my uh, friend Tom Sandoval. So we were both at that one. His girlfriend yeah. at the time worked at Sir with her friends. And uh, they were filming Real Housewives of Beverly Hills the second season at both restaurants and just always noticed that there was drama going on with Lisa's staff. And they're like, hmm, I think <laughs> we might have something here. Wait a second. It also um, didn't hurt that a couple years prior I had a relationship with someone who I did not know was married at the time, whose wife my ex-wife that. was on God. Beverly Hills Housewives, and it was just very messy. We're talking 2006. Like, iPhones don't even exist. You guys were, texting each other I on your, Googled like your I Googled the guy. I had a trio. That's how i don't even think I had a BlackBerry yet. It was a long time ago.
1: So you were made for dramatic reality TV is what you're saying. Yeah.
3: It just—it yeah. all kind of came together. And literally, like, the opening scene of Vanderpump Rules is— Beverly Hills Housewives is ending and I sit down at the restaurant with this guy's ex-wife to like apologize to her, even though I didn't know, but I felt I owed that to her. And then all of a sudden you're seamlessly watching another show and you're like wait what happened to the housewives who's this blonde bitch what's going on and then it was just like vanderpump rules was born and 9 seasons later we're we're still here it's i feel crazy. like
2: I, I when i when this season when i when i got involved with this group i went ahead and like tried to understand the dynamic of what actually happened over these 9 years guys and yeah. you could probably google this tree and it's a tree of just incestuous I've hooked up with this person, this person dated this person, but this person dated this person, and but this he person. And then cheated on her, cheated with on her friend. friend. And, and, and then in between, there's Lisa there, just masterminding all this. And so it's quite, it's quite funny to, to kind of see, and obviously, like, to have that show for you guys be so successful for so long, obviously, with the pandemic coming in and all that, it kind of, like, threw a spanner in the woodworks there. It's definitely funny to kind of see the history of what it was and what it still is, because... You guys don't have filter. These guys have zero filters. Whatever they. You think, can't have
3: a filter you, if you do reality TV. Yeah,
2: that's what it is. They're like, right. is it real? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking real. But it's like, it's no, it's no filter. They just say almost like uh, uh, this season. <laughs> that's I why like, you're Whoa. so
3: good for this because you have no filter and you are very just open, like almost yeah. to a fault.
2: It's a bad fault. <laughs> it's a good yeah. fault. No, but hey, it m- makes. Yeah.
1: Great TV. So let's, let's go back. Where did you guys, how did you guys meet? Like, how did this relationship start for the two of you?
3: We were down, he was living in San Diego at the time. I was down there for a music festival. I ended up at the same after party that he was at. We had some mutual friends and then I heard the accent. And I was like, yeah, did it. I was actually just in Australia and New Zealand. Start showing him some photos as if he cares. But then um, <laughs> later that night, he like walked me out to my Uber, was such a gentleman, didn't ask for my number, and then the next morning well played. slid in the DMs. Well played my ass, boys
2: and Thank you, baby. <laughs> game <laughs> recognizes game, <laughs> it, baby. Take notes, <laughs> gentlemen.
0: Take notes. <laughs> what, what what part of Australia are you from?
2: Uh, So I was in Queensland. I was uh, raised in Queensland and Victoria, but I was born in New Zealand until I was 10. So for me, coming over here, I've been in America for the last five years. Before that, I traveled a lot of Australia, New New Zealand, Australia. I played rugby in France and the UK. Oh, wow. Um, And then I was a professional rugby player until I was 23, um, forcefully retired. I Forcefully sent back to Australia. Our our team folded, actually. Mid-season, they ran out of money and we, we weren't getting paid. So the end of the season wrapped up. Went home and I didn't know what to do. And me and my partner at the time, we split up. And a goal, a dream of mine was always to come to America and play in the NFL. Um, didn't know how to do that, but I just figured out I wanted to do that. So I uh, came over here in 2014 and I went to Phoenix. So it's to- been
3: longer than five years, honey. When we met, I feel like you were already here for five years. Yeah,
2: I guess I went home. I went back home though. Okay. So I was here in 2014. <laughs> Okay. Um, I actually went to Exos, which is a uh, Fisher sports. It's like a training facility for all the number one draft picks. And I went there to figure out what my skill level was against like the number one athletes out of coming out of college, going to the NFL. What, what,
1: what position and, were you playing coming from rugby? What were you trying wait, to transition let me tell you guys, to? Wait, NFL? wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. How tall are you? Uh, six foot. Six foot. How much? Uh, you yeah. look like you're probably about two. I, 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 weigh, I, I was playing at 260. Damn, so you're like linebacker,
0: linebacker status.
1: I was
2: 270 like, a couple of weeks ago. I'm figuring that back there. Yeah,
0: 260. I would say if you were playing, that's almost like you were like a shorter defensive end. Almost. Yeah, I was
2: fucked. That's what I was. I was in between all of the positions. <laughs> so I played defensive end in the college program. Um, and then when I went to the league, I, I was uh, trying out as a linebacker, and then they put me at fullback. So I played, I went out the game picked up at the Patriots, um, which was Oh, sick. no way, man. That's um, awesome. But yeah, but my, my first year in America, when I tried to learn how to play football, I had Aaron Donald teaching me defensive line moves. And Holy at this point, shit. This is when he came out of pen. Like, I, we didn't know who he was. Well, yeah. Well, you knew who he was, but you didn't know he was a Hall of Fame. It wasn't the superstar. Then senior, I had yeah. Odell Beckham be like, hey, you want to run some routes? And I'm like trying to run routes with Odell Beckham. And I'm just like, these guys are phenomenal athletes. Little do I know. Fast forward six years now; these guys are just great athletes in the game today. So that was my uh, that was that was my talent. I came over here to do go have, against. Do you ever so try like, yeah. uh,
1: ever try kicking? Because Australia Al- 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 is known for producing a ton of great punters out in the uh, NFL.
2: Yeah, see, that's, that's where, we're, where I'm from, New Zealand. So we're a little bit more heavy set. So we don't really. <laughs> <the> people, we <laughs> I don't say two so kick
1: the ball. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you eat? So, yeah, that was, that was my transition sexy. over here. Played rugby, loved it. Football, and then uh, yeah, I was in San Diego at my, mate, my mate's place, uh, and then got into um, fitness. space. I needed to make money. This is this is where I fucked up, guys. If you have a plan, and I was there, don't go Plan B. As soon as you create, as soon as you create a Plan B, all your energy gets taken away from Plan A. And for me, I, I was like, I needed to make some money, so I, to, yeah. like, I figured out opening up a gym. And then as soon as I was running that gym throughout the year, I went back to the. Uh, Ravens, Baltimore for a workout, I was like 15 pounds lighter and I still was the same speed. So I should have been faster and I didn't change. And so that was kind of like me kind of, I had to tap out at that point. I was 20, 26 going on 27. I was like, okay, I can't, um, I got to figure this out. And it's probably not football anymore. Cause I was just so far behind of, of like learning it. I have the dirt burning desire to keep playing sport, but now I kind of just put that to
3: No, like he still does. Like he literally flew yeah. to Charlotte to play in a rugby game a couple of weeks ago.
2: <laughs>
3: That's
1: amazing. Rugby. So we actually Dustin, we well Dustin didn't actually do it, but we had on the on the bachelorette, we got it was our first experience ever. We got to play a game a rugby game. It was our first introduction to it. And that is a man's sport. Oh, man, that is, oh, yeah. that is no joke. And it's it's so freaking exhausting. I didn't really, like, you don't stop running the entire time. It's not like football where you get a break every, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. But a lot of respect for that.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, because the clock doesn't stop.
1: Your offense, defense, offense, defense.
2: It's offense. It's it's a great, I, I enjoy rugby. Obviously, I'm biased. I, I just feel like there's got to be more of a camaraderie if it, There's the team aspect of football, like when you're in the NFL, but there's it's such a divided game. Even in your locker room, there's offense, defense, and then it's positional work. So it's very like, oh, we 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 make each other better. But I feel like with rugby, here's here's my one, like this is my one thing I would like I brought to football. I was like, I'm gonna hit you as hard as I can at practice. I don't care if it's practice, I don't wanna teach myself bad technique by running and just thudding or running and like pulling up unless you're the QB. But everyone else, I'm going to run and hit you as hard as I can because two things. I don't want to get injured and you don't want to get injured. So hit me hard. And if you hit me as hard as you can and I hit you as hard as I can, we make each other better. So then when that weekend comes up, and all of a sudden we go and play somebody and they hit me. And I was like, oh, that was that's nothing. Like, I, I got my teammate hit me, Dustin smacked me at training all week. I can handle this. Mentally, you win this game. So now it's just apply that to the game. And then at the end of the game, you generally get the result you want. That's the rugby mentality, I think. Where over <laughs> I mean, here, you see all these football injuries happen. It's because, guys, you have what two weeks of full pads in preseason, and then you go into a regular season, you thud all, all week, and then you go out on a game and these. Phenomenal athletes are flying at you and lighting you up. Your body doesn't take that very kindly at all.
0: I'm glad no, I don't play I sports it. anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I get it. I get it. We,
1: we, <laughs> we, 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 could talk, we could talk. sports all day, but let's um. So let's bring it back here to uh, so you guys. You pull the ultimate ultimate gentleman move and uh, walk into her car and don't ask for the number, but then slide in the next day. Now, had you had Brock? Had you had any any experience at all or? Had you been involved in anything reality TV world up to this point at all?
2: Well, I guess the definition is what do you think reality TV is? But no, because I haven't had a camera on me, but I thought I was a reality. I thought I was living my best life in San Diego. He thought he was famous. I thought I was already famous when I was in
3: San Diego. Until (laughs) we started going out in San Diego together and then he realized that he's not that I just
2: had a lot of good friends. I was just, I was just a very, I enjoyed San Diego's culture. And I was like, yeah, I love this place. And. By being like a happy-go-lucky guy. But yeah, no, before I met Sheena, even once I met her, it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around reality. Type, Going back type, to sports. Type of thing. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a year later. It was like three, not a year later. Like, no, it was
3: a couple months. A couple
2: of months later, I was watching the uh, Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett took his helmet off and hit somebody. With, in oh, this season. The, the
1: Steelers guy. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right, and I was just like, "That's aggressive." And I was like, "Wait, he has 1.1 million followers on Instagram." I was like, "My girlfriend's got 1.1 million followers. My <laughs> girlfriend's as famous as the Cleveland Browns." <laughs> that
3: was like a big moment for
2: him
1: when he realized that. He's like, "I'm, keep- I'm that- keeping this just- one around." I could just picture his. <laughs> and, then, and, then,
2: and then that day, that night, we were at we we're at BravoCon, and then we I left the hotel, watched it, left the hotel, and walked around the corner, and I was like, "Wow, this is a different world that I just walked into for sure."
0: It's a whole different world. Yeah.
1: So Sheena, for you, had you ever, you're, you've been on the show, you know, for nine years, a lot of public relationships, you know, in the <laughs> public eye and whatnot, it was, it was, it for you. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, was Brock kind of like the first relationship that kind of came not from the public eye that you kind of brought him into that world?
3: Um... No, actually, I kind of brought all of them in. (laughs)
1: Oh, Oh, shit, never mind.
3: When the show started, (laughs) my boyfriend at the time, who became my husband and then ex-husband on the show, we decided that we would do the show together. And then uh, that relationship ended. And the next guy I started dating really didn't want anything to do with the show, but he knew that that's not really an option. And my job is to give a hundred percent of my life. So yeah. he kind of reluctantly, you know, filmed the show with me. It didn't Go well. We broke up shortly after filming wrapped. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm not dating on this show anymore. So the next season, my best guy friend was like, well, he was working with me at the restaurant. He's like, well, I'll do the show with you. So at least like you still have someone. Who's that? Adam. And then we got drunk on 4th of July and then we crossed the line. And then it was the next season. I was like, (laughs) okay, really not. And I stayed super single that season. Oh
2: yeah, super single. But then like, a <laughs> guy in between ended up on
3: the show that season. So then I still have. It was just. It was a lot. Sheena has
2: a lot of friends. Oh. We can put them in quotation marks. <laughs> friends. Okay. Like I have friends. What, we all what? have friends. Hers just are on the show filming her, and people are like, "Come on, sheena this isn't your friend. That's yeah, my, I know right?
0: it is. My girl. My girlfriend <laughs> hates Whatever. my old friends." <laughs> she's not a big fan of those friends um, yeah. how do you think how do you think being in the spotlight like that has affected you like throughout the years like 10 years that's a long time for like what's the that's pros and cons time. of it actually yeah.
3: yeah I mean and before that like I did acting and stuff so I mean it's kind of been since I graduated college I've kind of had this little spotlight on me and right. Well, yeah, I mean, I did. I was on a couple episodes of The Hills. She, she I acted in for, several shows. You were
2: famous for, what was it, The Pizza Girl?
3: Oh, I was on the Jonas Brothers TV show on Disney. Oh, so, shoot, there like, So, I did go. a lot of, yeah, back in the day. So I did a lot of things on TV before Vanderpump Rules. So I had a little taste of it. I knew this was something I always, not necessarily reality TV, but I always wanted to do something in entertainment. I got my degree in broadcast journalism. So I started out hosting with Young Hollywood right out of college. And that was kind of the route I wanted to go. But then when I got this opportunity to do the show, I was very anti it. I was like, no, I'm an actress. I'm trying to be you know, serious with that. I don't want to do reality TV. But the way they pitched it to me was just like, you know, but we're building this show around people who are working in the entertainment industry and going to follow your lives. It's like, well, then how could I pass that up? And I mean, uh, almost a decade later, like oh, I, wow. I'm i so thankful because it's brought so many amazing opportunities. A couple of years ago, I headlined a show on the Las Vegas Strip for half a year. Like it's, just, it's been a lot of doors that have opened because of this opportunity. And yeah. Do
2: you see see it as that? I think that's what he was saying. Like, do you see it as like a... Oh, like the ten years, is there any burdens or has it changed how you pre- well, how like you operate in normal? Because you're not normal anymore.
3: No, there's nothing about <laughs> our lives that's normal. Yeah. you know, it's yeah. like you have to think about everything you post before you post it because of the backlash you're going to get. It's just, yeah. But
1: do you do you do you have you grown to just like you're just used to that now? Because like I hate that. oh totally. I'm not gonna. You're used I, to it.
3: I'm so used to it, and it's frustrating because it's like I. For someone who tries to not have a filter, I feel like I'm always filtered. Like I have to make sure before I post my daughter in the car seat that the chest strap is in the exact right place. And the shoulder straps are here because people are going to come for me if I... It's just like now, but I'm so used to it. And I feel like people are just overly sensitive to literally everything that I have to acknowledge that and be careful. So... It's like a blessing and a curse, I guess. I mean...
0: Blessing and a curse, I see, yeah.
3: Yeah, like, I I love it, but it's... Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's definitely hard to have a successful relationship in this, and I feel like Brock, like, finally, like, I've met my match. Like, I feel like he is the perfect person for me where he can just, like, understand all this. It doesn't scare him, and... I just keep going. It's th- it. like very on. well for us. Like before relationships I've had on the show, it was just like it it wasn't the right fit because he was either afraid of how he was gonna look on the show or the edit he was gonna get. And Brock just came in and was like, let me just be here to support you and be himself, you know, yeah.
0: Nothing else matters. Yeah. What how did uh because you guys were together during COVID, how has COVID shaped your guys' relationship?
3: Well that fast-forwarded our
0: relationship. <laughs> I think, I think that, quick.
2: yeah, that definitely was just putting gasoline on the slow burning ember right there.
3: <laughs> I mean, I would never move in with someone I've only been dating for six months. Like we, I, we had a
2: good setup. I was in San Diego. She was in L.A. Yeah, we, hung we had her, our we space. Our, we had our space. And then that was taken away very quickly. Well, it was an option. It's like, do we stay separated? And I wasn't working, so I was bored. And then but she had a also, place in Palm Springs. We
3: didn't know. I was living in Marina del Rey at the time. So I'm literally like <laughs> on a finger. And I didn't know if they were going to have, you know, armed guards blocking the streets. And like, we weren't going to be allowed to leave. I didn't know how strict this lockdown was going to be. <sighs>
1: Were, were you guys able to film at all during this?
3: No. I started no. a YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, we started a YouTube channel. Because obviously going into that pandemic at that time, season nine for Sheena, it was, she was really annoyed of being getting this edit. I was like, honey, the edit is just what you do, unfortunately. You can't really change too much of an edit. Okay? But I suggested doing YouTube, and that was a great saving thing for her because she could then now express herself how she wants and then still kind of edit herself to make sure she ticks off all the boxes without getting abused. But... I, I just find it really annoying with all the trolls. You know, when when you become on this social media platform, all of a sudden you're in you're in the space and the eye, you're allowed to get talked to like you're not human. Like you're allowed to get talked to like worse than a dog. People another.
3: forget that you're a I'm person. Like,
2: I'm like I'm like that, oh, that's, that's, that's that's my how do you guys deal
0: with that? That's my it's, yeah. I I freaking hate it. I and I, it's the little things too. Whenever like you're just trying to be a normal person out and people just think you're a, a zoo animal. Like they. Could just come up to you. Like, I remember just eating my dinner one time. I think with Pete too, like, we're eating and like someone comes up to us and like is just like, just invasive in our space and wanna take photos. And I get it, but it's like when we're eating, like, give us space.
3: That's the only time when I'm eating, I'm like, as soon as I'm done, we can take photos. Like, that's the only time I'm like, just not right the second, but as soon as I'm done. Right. Yeah, they don't have a personal space when it comes to reality TV people.
1: And it, and it's so odd to me. It's like, it, I, I guess, I don't know, with, with reality TV, people can kind of relate a little bit more to people on reality TV than maybe like a full-on like a movie star, like a full-on right. athlete yeah. or whatnot. Because they feel like, like they know you. Exactly.
2: That's the building, right? You're building those relationships with with people through telling your story. And that, that's what I kind of got told this season productions like what we want from that is we want people to kind of find within that trauma that you've had they can relate to some stuff like this and i was like relatability is is very key. Uh, you can you're very relatable on reality like you said because a celebrity or a superstar like this a-list they they're movie stars right you can't they like can't untouchable to on those yeah, yeah yeah exactly but a lot of people can relate with all every with, with everybody because and that's one thing i think with uh with the reality show going into this season I saw Sheena, I was like, honey, I don't want you to have to be so much of a filter on. I want you to pretend, not to pretend that things are all good because when they're not good, they're not good. We'll be fine though. We'll, we'll make it through. But it was very fortunate, the pandemic, as you asked earlier. The pandemic yeah. for us, I believe was amazing for especially getting me ready to deal with what I was about to get into this season. It gave us a lot of time. to Because normally Sheena, we met when she finished filming. Six months later, they'll start filming again. If we started filming six months into our relationship and that would come of, and I was getting questions back, home, yeah, he would have been I would have shut down, <laughs> I would have headbutt somebody, I would have left that bitch real quick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, so instead of headbutting, I just use my words and just talk through it instead.
3: Yeah, so I'm so thankful that we did have that year and a half off filming because we got to really build <clears throat> a strong foundation of our relationship. I mean, we got. Pregnant, which was n- not planned at all, but it just, it really fast forwarded our relationship. And we, at this point, when um, the season started filming this year, we're in such a good, solid place in our relationship. We just had our baby literally three days before we started filming. I had just gotten home from the hospital. So it was like wow. just full force in uh, at a hospital. But I think that we definitely needed that time off and the pandemic you know, for us, it did help us really build a solid relationship. Absolutely. We
2: had some blowouts. Oh, yeah. It wasn't simple. Oh, for
3: sure. Oof. No, he tried to pack his bags and leave one day. And I was like, you leave, <laughs> you're not fucking coming back. <laughs> and then he unpacked his suitcase.
0: <laughs> so congratulations good man, good on, the, on the, you know, on the baby. So how, how's that like? What's that like, you know, being mom and dad?
3: It's the best. I mean, we have a very good child. Like, she is just a little angel. She is, you want to see her? Yeah, of course. She's yeah, of course. so adorable. Hi, Mama. This is Summer. What's oh. Summer?
1: Oh, wow. she, hear she is adorable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love wow. her name. Oh,
3: yeah. This is Summer Moon.
0: Summer Moon. <laughs> summer Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly uh, a lady rugby player in the future.
3: Uh, oh, do, no, no, no. <laughs> no. She's no, 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 no. a you, she future a
1: reality TV star on Bumps uh, <laughs> <TV>. Jr.
3: <laughs> yeah, so she was a little star this season. She got a lot of camera time.
1: She's so that's awesome. Get him Thank started you. young.
3: She is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I'm just obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, it makes me want to not have another because <laughs> we wouldn't have a better baby. So I'm like, maybe we're just one and done.
0: <clears throat> one and done, we'll maybe? See. I think you guys should have more. Keep them, keep them coming. I think everybody wants to see them coming, so.
3: I mean, we do well, honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Brock, so coming on to, to filming the show, you know, kind of being brought into this world. Uh, I know you had some stuff that was brought up, you know, with your, your, your family life back in Australia. Um, were you were you prepared to discuss all this and just kind of become an open book and just super transparent um, and and talk about this on the show with everything going on back home?
2: Yeah, so I think going into this season when when we picked up, I, I was brought on as a plus one. I was Sheena's plus one. So I think in their deal it's like their their life is on the show, which means our life, baby, and all that. So going starting the season off, I was kind of like we we made a deal. We spoke with my ex um and then during that conversation she's like look you can do you but let's leave me and the kids out of it not a problem i was like okay yeah i can i can, I can respect that space and boundaries mm-hmm. i chose this life my ex our relationship and those two kids did not chose chose to be talked about period so i kind of was like put my foot put my mouth in there by opening up and divulging. i was like okay well maybe we'll move past this but Clearly, Cliff. Clearly, we don't
3: we don't move past things on Vanderpump Rules. We literally (laughs) production heard this
2: and they're like, oh, (laughs) we're gonna run with it. They're like, oh, let's go down this. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then and obviously season one, you know, not a pro. And I was like, okay, let's go down this narrative. Like, maybe I can just nip it in the butt. I kind of was like, look, like as much as like you think, like. You know somebody, I was 19 to 23 during this time of my life with my ex and my two little ones. And the whole the whole the whole cycle was I was like, look, I try to explain it, but it's really difficult to explain 10 years of my life. So then instead of trying to explain it, I just like after cameras filmed, I pulled Lala aside. I was like, look, Lala, like you need to understand that. Certain things happened when I was 19 that when I was 23 or 22, it got brought back up and put into a case against me. And then I had to go to court and get it dropped, which I did. But you'll hear about all of this as the show goes on. But it was just highlighting the fact that it's not as black as white as you want it to be. Like, I know Lala just wants the best for me, wants me to be with my kids. Right. And I want to be have the best for me to be with my kids. But there's two kids involved. There's an ex-relationship. There's a stepdad involved. And it's all good for the kids; they're in a great state. But to try and explain that on camera on national television, and then have them kind of like talk about it, because it's not my conversation I have with you guys; it's the conversation that you guys have with somebody else. And then there's mm-hmm. a and that's where the drama gets built up. So I kind of was like, look, I said my piece, and then I and then I realized where this was going. And I kind of tried to like. Cut it off, but you can't control what you can't control. And then you he know?
3: doesn't tell me that he had this side conversation with her. So then she brings it up to me Blends at a tea party off. in front of Lisa Vanderpump, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Oh, How no. do you know this? Like, I, I know this. I, How I do you I, know this?" Ah, oh. it was lessons
2: learned, but I think I think for this season. It, we turned out. I got to be. I got asked to be main cast, which was cool. But it wasn't. It wasn't my intention of like throwing using my kids to leverage that. It was just I was honest, and I was. I thought, look, if someone's gonna tell my story, I, and it's gonna be on a national television, I need to be brutally honest about what I did, how I did it. And I had a conversation which you guys will see in the future with Lisa, and it was the first time I spoke to anybody else outside of my my mum, my sister, my actual family that was with me in thousand and nine. I haven't spoken about it really in depth or like what I did and how, and I owned it. I, I owned what I did when I was, went through these ages. I owned it I, and I go through it. I'm, and it was the most relieving I've ever felt because I got to share that guilt that I was carrying with anybody that's outside of, I got to share it with Lisa of all people. This is why it's Lisa Vanderpump rules because <laughs> she kind of like sat me down. She's like, slow down, talk to me because I wanted to tell her everything. But, she, but then I just broke down. But it was, for me, it was the most, it was amazing to have that moment because I got to share my, my, my secret, my guilt with somebody else. It might, it's still not right, but it's, I got to share it with somebody and, and then talk about it. So yeah, it was very, very wild going into this group. But it was also, there were some very good moments in this group because the thing about having no filter is you get to address everybody very clearly. You get to mm-hmm. say your thing and then you get to build some better relationships from that. Sure. And that's what's really crazy because from an outside world, if I heard half, this, if I was dealing with this, I would have just kicked rocks and walked away from the group. But like, not worth it. Right. But obviously, we're filming and we're working together on a show. But so it kind of makes those arguments. And then me and Lala actually, we'll see what happens. But but it kind of makes those relationships deeper. Yeah, you're forced to you're address like, these and issues and, and, you and you not just let, let them out. Address down. the issues, and you make and, and look, me talking about that put more ownership on me actually going through my child support and paying that off and getting that set up so when the end of this when this when the season finishes I can leverage what I can from this and, and make up for what I've done wrong but actually, have more accountability and that's the biggest one i've got from here is having a lot because now the world's watching you know i mean yeah
3: (laughs) you're on a reality show like you do have to be accountable like that's just one thing when normally in life you know you might brush something under the rug and not address it not be confrontational but when you're filming a reality show you don't have a choice but to address it so right i mean it's good in that sense
2: Yeah. Welcome to reality, guys. It was it's a rocky start for me to start off to put my foot in, but I just jumped in and I said, look, this is me. This is, yeah, you're right. I did do that. And I did do that and this is it. And I'm not happy with this. Sorry. I can't do anything more. As long as I don't keep going around and doing those same actions, sure. that's what I have a problem with. When people apologize, be like, well, you know, don't do that. Otherwise you'll get that response. It's like, well, just don't give me that response and try and be a better person. And I try to be the better version of myself as I can. And obviously I'm not going to... I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with my actions, but we're working to a better place. And I got a great partner.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it yeah. seems like it. Especially, I mean, jumping right in like you did and just owning up to everything. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. How, how is the whole... Would you
1: say like... So the, the whole cast, like with this whole... All this drama that's kind of been surrounding you guys and like your family life back in Australia, would you say that you like received a lot of support from everyone on the cast? Or it's not, it's not like split you guys up. It's probably brought you guys...
2: It's, it's like 50-50, but yeah. I, know, I know for a fact that once I get through this and I actually show my my friends, I show the people that are watching and I've talked about, and I show them the steps I'm making, yeah. I know for a fact that they're going to support me all the way through. It's just now there is opinions based on my actions, and I accept that. Yeah. I, think, I think as I step up to my words that I'm saying out loud, and I actually just show you and I work towards a better future with my family, my whole family, I think uh, I've got good friends, you know, I've got good friends to celebrate those victories with. um, And I've also got good friends that are going to call me out on my bullshit and keep me accountable. So that's- Those are the best friends. But fortunate. Yes. Those are the best friends. Those are the best friends right there. Yeah.
0: Those
1: are 100%. I think, yeah. And I think, you know, we listen in life, we all make make decisions that we think, you know, are at the best at that time. And uh, no one has a crystal ball and everything. And, you know, I think you come into America and, you know, dreams to possibly play for the NFL or just- uh, make a better life to, you know, support your kids, you know, back home and your family. Like that's, you know, people can have opinions and judge or whatnot, but you know, I commend make for It seems like a no
0: brainer though, to me. I mean, you're, you're already like a professional athlete and NFL players make great money. You, it opens up so many new doors for people and just to have a slight chance of that. I mean, it seems like a no brainer to me personally, like it'd be different for me if I was going to do it. I mean, I, I don't look like you, but you have, like, <laughs> you'd, uh, like you'd be a you have God-given, like, ability and whatnot, you know? So it seems like a no-brainer. And I don't think enough people do take chances in life. And I do think people are—I don't know. They, they They might see someone like you that was going to take a chance. I'm going to do something that could better me and my family. And they just might be just shitty people and just kind of wish they had that kind of— that drive that you do. So— I mean, I applaud you for trying to make something happen. I appreciate happen.
2: that, right? And I think I think you're 100% correct. I think people, I think us as humans need to take more take more bets on ourselves. But at the same time, I also do see the other side where it's like, as long as it's a controlled calculation, you know, at the time when I was 19, I made this decision. I had the support of my ex and my kids. They also visited me during this trip when I was over here. And then during that, my transition over here and my, my time away from my kids, the kids' stepdad definitely stepped up and he ended up taking a full-time role. His family took a full-time role. And so that was where that kind of relationship was. And I had to go ahead and make a decision. Well, not make the decision, but I was like, look, I have, I'm like, they're in a really healthy position. I was not going to provide that for what my kids have, especially from where, where I came from. I grew up in government housing, youngest of five, single mom income. Like, the reason why I have so much independence is because it was it was from a young age, you know? So I, I, and I'm i not using that, leveraging that card. I just I just want people to understand that I want everyone to be able to go out and be the best version of themselves. Because if you have resentment to yourself, that's the worst, you know, because then it just comes out of you on other people. It's projecting. And so I really hope I can help people be like, look, you're like, what do you want to do? How can we get there for you and support people's goals? Whatever it is, wherever you are in life, you can always change something and work on something. And I really found that through my personal experience, you know, man. The goal is, you know, happy family at the end of the day, and 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 I have one, I have two. They're back home and their stepdad and their reality there is it's, it's a great position. So fortunate, blessed to have the health and the talent and the ability, but also want to be able to be gifted to give it away and, and help other people.
0: And you, you, I'm sure you inspired your kids as well. And when your daughter hears that story, when she gets older, it's inspiring when you hear someone that you know takes a leap to do better for overall, um, good for them and their family. So.
1: I, I believe it. Is it is
2: open, baby. We got any hope for the best.
0: <laughs> Sheena, you got You got a good one there.
3: <laughs> I do. Oh, I know. Best one I've ever had. Oh, All I you, ever sh- want. She
2: didn't set the bar too high. <laughs> the bar
3: was really low, let's be honest, but <laughs> I could have ne- like, if I wrote down on paper, like, everything I wanted, I would never think that I would actually get it, and then here he is at an after party sliding in my DMs.
1: Hey, you never for know.
2: Smooth. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look hey, Prince Charming, 2020.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> when's this? Uh, when's this wedding, guys? You got any? Uh, any tea to spill with? the... Uh...
3: So uh, we're wanting to get married in Bali. Oh and- shoot! A
2: banger in Bali. You all can come. Yeah. Uh, I will hey, invite you to. out. We're, we're there. I
0: know Aussies <laughs> love Bali too. My girlfriend used to live in Australia. I used to live in Australia too, and I hear Bali. Oh, all really? Time. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so that's where we fell in love. It's my favorite place I've ever been in the world. With travel restrictions and everything right now in Australia, we're hoping that next November, when it's, you know, summer there, that we can get married then. So hopefully by then, his family can travel, we can all travel safely, and... That's the plan, but we haven't like set a date yet because
2: I'm still working with American Airlines to give us a whole plane right be on it from <laughs> American, RAX bro. To wrong, Bali. wrong airline,
1: United. I'll fly you guys out there, right? United's working. Yeah, it's yeah at. he's United, a pilot.
2: United's United, United actually the go. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm on United. I just did American Airlines because I just flew with them. <laughs> I need an airline connection because this is my this is my vision for the bachelor party and the and the and the, and the uh, bridal party. What do you call yours? The bucks Bachel- and the bachelorette. Part, bachelorette. Oh. bachelorette. It's going to be on the plane, everyone going to Bali. And I want to have everyone booked on the same flight. So everyone rocks up, checks in, and we're flying on the same flight to Bali. We've got to have everyone stay in the same villas. I'm actually super excited. It's it's going to be such a good experience. And it's going to be a little state, a little, little, uh, retreat for like five days beforehand then we'll do our thing you guys everyone will have their own events but it was gonna be a good time you guys yo you, we'll guys, yeah, you, you guys yeah so you hey. there. you guys this is
0: recorded. i got so you guys, you guys invited invited don't Important for a service
2: yes don't be upset let yeah. yeah. up. list together you're in all
3: right
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> to well, tomorrow, we're, we're stoked imagine. oh man exciting stuff yeah brock you told us a little bit about uh you have is this uh this new app that you're working on right now as a new project
2: uh, yeah, so I, I during the pandemic I own gyms, so we have our 45 studios, and we found a real. We found out that obviously, you know, a lot of people stay at home when soon as the pandemic kicked in, and so we were hosting live Zoom workouts, and they were fun, but they weren't quality for my members. There wasn't really something that I could like say expect them to keep their memberships going. We were trying to survive and keep memberships going. The Zoom workout wasn't the platform for us, so. Well we, uh, what I found out is like there's a problem here, and then I really saw it—the market take off on online training. And it's not, and I built out this app not for like everyone to redo their whole fitness life. This is just like a one-off piece where you can add it in there weekly, just try something different. So it's called a Homebody, pumping it right here. Um, and what it is, it's a live streaming platform where creators can host live classes, similar to OnlyFans for the health and fitness space. That's like my elevator pitch. So, if you're a creator, or an influencer, or you have a good following and you're into the hip fitness space, you can host whatever class you like. You can go on and design it with your widgets, with your timers, set the class, set the cost, and then publish it on the app. And then as the creator, you can go ahead and host these classes. So for a creator, you make money now from hosting your live workouts. Obviously. For myself, I did a lot of work on Instagram and I put a lot of stuff out there and I create all these workouts and digital. And then it's like, oh, here's a Vedma request or, you know, support the brother. But I kind of felt like that if we could have a platform where you set the value at, this is how much this workout costs, $5, $10 to join me in a live workout. We're already seeing it with OnlyFans. People are paying to have access to these creators. Obviously, different content, but at the same time, in the health and fitness space, imagine if you could have, and for my vision, I want to take a vinyasa flow in the morning from a guru in India. All of a sudden, I just go to my phone, look at yoga, check out what's up, $5 class, book him, now he's just got paid. Um, So, I definitely think it's an open ecosystem, I think there's a place for it in the market, Um, and we spent the last year, I've spent the last year and a half developing the web application and the app application um, and we're in beta right now, launching in the new year, um, January. We just going, went for our first round of funding, going into our second round of fundraising. But yeah, it's uh, it's my approach on how to solve a problem that you know accessibility and, and monetization for creators and influencers in the space. We're seeing a big pivot to it. So if I can if I can put a flag down and, and be the man for the health and fitness space, I want to do that definitely.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I would love to. If you still have room in your beta for us to try it out, I would love to try it out before it gets. Could put out there
2: Mate, as, soon, as soon as we go through beta we're, we're, we're just wrapping up with our usability testing right now and then as soon as the beta comes on not a problem and i think i think another one is like we want to support creators we want to be creator obsessed so as many crazy feedback we can get from it the goal is if they could have a following if you guys the goal for a creator is if they have any type of merchandise if they have any programs that they sell or any connection with their audience take them on a fitness journey it's a better connection it's a it's a deeper connection and it's like hey we're in this together for the next 30 days we're going to do four workouts two workouts a week and set these little challenges where you can now take your audience your following and then lead by example and take them in this fitness space because I'm not like the health and fitness space is so inspiring and and for me I love it because I know that when I put effort in, I receive the benefits personally from my own efforts of going to the workout, to the gym. So if I can encourage other people and motivate and do that and have that connection, now you're building a deeper brand for yourself and for your followers. And that's why I really, really believe I, I look forward to the next couple of years working with Homebody. That's exciting stuff, man. No,
0: that's a great idea. We could, Man, Pete, we could have did that for the marathon, had people do our marathon training People follow it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. You could. That's it, baby. Let's go. Marathon training. Like I, the vision for it is by next year. I can't wait for like mental health awareness month, and we're gonna have like just these massive creators, and we're gonna donate all our revenue to a charity that we want to donate towards for mental health awareness. Maybe if it's like the project, the Trevor Project, or something like that. But but every month having something else to work towards as a community on an online space globally i really look forward to having that exposure i'm gonna have the rock i'm putting it out there on your guys podcast In one year <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna be announcing it at our gala with everyone dressed up this is my visualization everyone's got the gala dinner i'm out with my suit and i'm like guys thank you very much for the year i just want to announce our next year coming forward can you smell <laughs> what rock! been cooking and then the rock walks out you know i'm, just, I'm telling you i love this manifesting <laughs> it right here i'm on big on pod, manifesting yes. so i like that
0: man i hope it happens i hope that's there, happening. too. manifest me being there i'm definitely want to be there perfect
2: bro yeah it's gonna I, I, I really enjoy the community aspect that we got generated from it because this is a big space that you know you hear about algorithms you hear about monetization but it's like how do you do that i, I went to School for university for business marketing, but I will tell you what, we didn't learn this in when I was there. And this is just five years ago. So, like when when you're going through that education system now, it's like where do you go to learn this new information? Who do you you, you have to hire somebody that's in this space? So, we want to have like a mentorship program for our creators. Have month, weekly podcasts, and then go ahead and do like quarterly events, meetups, meet and greets, and then the yearly seminars just to teach. Our creators, how to monetize, how to leverage their platforms, because that's where we're going in this space. We're, we're doing it right now with podcasts. You're doing it, independent. You're your own business now. You know, there's CNN and ABC, and then there's Instagram and your own brand. You know, <laughs>
0: that's true. Absolutely, Sheena, What about you? What do you have coming up?
3: So, this the rest of the season of the show, we got um, my podcast Shenanigans. I have new episodes every Friday. I Patreon. do my YouTube channel. What your Patreon? Oh, yeah. So um, I have my YouTube channel, that is uh, New Vlogs Every Wednesday. And then we just started a Patreon a few months ago where we're putting bonus content, like behind the scenes stuff. And I do early access to vlogs and bonus um, scenes that aren't on YouTube. So uh, just working on that and um, being a mom, that pretty much takes up all of my time. You guys
0: sound really busy.
2: <laughs> I make out as a I'm really busy, but Sheena's still the main breadwinner and she's crushing it in life. Like she's crushing oh, it with the family. I mean. She's crushing it with mom. And it gives me the freedom to be over there and try and make these connections and take us to the next step. So I think she sells herself short when she says, oh, I'm only doing this because it's a lot to do videos, content, podcasts. Oh, it's it takes so a lot much. Of it's, it's a ton a of work. It yeah. time. People so don't I'm realize. So I'm sell you short at all.
0: It stresses me out all the time. Well, well I'm curious though, what's your podcast about in your YouTube channel? What, what kind of content is in there?
3: So uh, the YouTube we started at the beginning of the pandemic, I just really wanted people to be able to see more of my life. Because when you're on a show with an ensemble cast, you know, you only get uh, uh, so many minutes a week, where if you go to my YouTube, you get to see... I mean, there's just hours and hours now of footage of us. I mean everything in the hospital with our baby to all of her first moments, all of this stuff is documented, things that you'll never see on Vanderpump Rules. So I love having that space just for her to look back on one day too. And the beginning of the pandemic, all of the fun things that we did when we were in quarantine with my sister and her boyfriend, we made like our own Coachella. Like, I mean, we just got really creative and had so much fun with that. So I think you just really get to know a deeper side of myself, our relationship, and I love YouTube for that. It is the most positive platform, I think, out of all of the social media. Like, yeah. people, it's just, it's a really good one. And uh, my podcast is called Shenanigans, and it's just, it's very fun, lighthearted, pop culture I'm trying to get more guests on right now. I got really comfortable just doing it with um, my best friend, Jamie. We were co-hosting together for a while and I felt like we were just doing the kind of the same thing every week and... Now that um, I'm switching companies and I'm hoping to get back into a studio soon, I want to start having more guests on and kind of restructuring it. Because right now, we just, it, I mean, it's just very much like a kind of get to know us more and catch up with us weekly. But I want to get back to doing more Interviews. I would love to have you guys on. That would be fun. Would love, We'd love to, to be on there. And, Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: love talking sh- 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 shit. So shenanigans. Get in there. Keep oh, it real. Yeah, talking Pete, shit. I was
3: actually trying to get you on. It was like, I, oh God, I guess like a year and a half ago now with Devin what? Harris.
1: Oh, yeah, Devin wait, Harris. Shit, you know Devin. I totally forgot about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you that's guys right. were supposed to do my podcast, and then I think it was just the show wasn't allowing you to do press yet. Hey, it yeah. was still like airing, and I know how that is. With uh, I have so many friends in the Bachelor world, so I'm always like, as soon as you can do it, let me know. That's, I destroyed that's right, his
2: dreams on the Bachelorette. yeah. I
3: wanted to be the Bachelorette, and then I met him. I was like, you literally oh. <laughs> ruined my dreams of being the Bachelorette. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh,
1: that's what do you? Hey, what do you guys think of uh, Michelle's season coming up, or, or I guess it just started. You guys watch him?
3: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he didn't watch all of the first episode with me, but when he heard about the guy who had like all the folders and all the paper, he was like oh, yeah. in the bedroom and he comes in, he goes, wait, did I just hear that correct? I was like, hold on. <laughs> I got to go back. Was <laughs> but I, <laughs> that was. I got him hooked on Bachelor in Paradise. That was like our thing. We like watched together last season. So he's, he's definitely more into, I don't think you watched any reality TV before me. No. Yeah. I
1: was, <laughs> hey, and, hey, Rock, you got. You, you, I was like, you stole it. the Bachelorette. You got it all to yourself, man. So look at that. That's <laughs> it, Yeah. Baby.
2: yeah. Give your own rose. <gasps> How does that feel?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Teach me your ways.
2: <laughs>
1: that was awesome.
3: Man. Yeah. Now. But I'm like, I mean, now they're doing, they're having like guest hosts, so I'm like, you know, maybe I could just be like a guest host of put, The Bachelor. Just put manifesting. Yeah, Manifest manifesting.
1: You guys are all about manifestation. You guys are so damn supportive of each yeah. other. You, I, I love it. You, uh, you guys are a big inspiration Thanks. to a lot of people out there. I can tell us so. Keep, keep that up.
0: Yeah, we would. Thank we you. We would also love to have you uh, recap. We do a recap after every episode. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Maybe we'll have you guys. We'll all watch an episode. And yeah, yeah. I'll, get my, I'll we'll get my papers together. Get your papers
2: yeah. together. Yeah. You got we'll to come prepared, you.
1: though, Brock. You got to come prepared. So,
2: <laughs> lad, I, I I like being prepared for things. When Sheena's like, let's do a podcast, I'm like, can we have some context? What's the goal of it? Where do we go? Because I like that. Sometimes I like I'm putting, like,
3: let's just see where it goes. I you have know? a
2: problem with commitment, and it's I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm passionate about whatever I do. Let's make sure it's this, the best version of it, you know? So, sometimes when you just riff on a Love podcast, that. I'm like, I need, I need, I need some more substance in there.
3: Yeah, but no, yeah. I love like watching the show, taking notes because I'm like, okay, if I can get this person on my podcast, like when um, I was watching Bachelor in Paradise this season, Demi is a friend of mine, and I was like taking notes every episode. I'm like, I'm watching the show for entertainment, but I'm like, it's also research. It's for my podcast. It's work, you know. So I'm like, yeah. rewind, go back, take my notes. But I don't know if she's been cleared to do. I mean, the show's over, so I'm like, you can do it now, right? Like,
1: yeah, big like, I know months, how. Yeah, a couple they are. months after yeah yeah but no we we would definitely love to have you on for some recaps love to come on join uh, join your pod too shenanigans talk some shit so perfect we'll bring devin on as well perfect Perfect. guys real quick for our listeners where can uh they follow you on um on instagram here
3: everything for me is just at sheena s-c-h-e-a-n-a
2: yeah, and for me, I'm I'm not the first Brock Davies, so it's Brock underscore underscore Davies, <laughs> the <laughs> double underscore, the, the <laughs> double baby, <laughs> <laughs> hit him with the two time,
1: <laughs> oh, two man. time. All right, well, you guys, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Blast having you on, great getting to know you guys, and yes. um, yeah, we look forward to following uh, the rest of the season and. Where life takes you guys.
0: I got to watch season one. I'm probably going to watch that tonight. Oh, my God. I got to catch up on, you know, everything. But, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Uh, It's been a pleasure. I haven't even
2: watched season one yet. No,
3: I I want to do for my Patreon. I want to do where we, like, go back and watch old episodes and I show him certain scenes and just, like, get his... First reaction seeing all of this
1: because it's just it's crazy. It, you definitely. Yeah, it is so, sheena, it's so it's so crazy. I remember I I used to date this girl. This was years. This is probably right close to season one. She was obsessed with your show, and that was the first time <laughs> I ever saw you on the show. And it's just to think th- this many years later, we'd be like talking on a. Right. I just never would have thought it'd been a thing. So, so crazy. Re- really cool having you guys on. Life's crazy sometimes.
3: Yes, thank you so much. This was fun.
0: Thank you guys. Awesome.
2: See ya. Bye. That's awesome. See you, buddy. See you guys. <laughs>
1: Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber.
0: And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by ACAST.
1: Our producer is Red Yocum and our associate producer is Emma Martins.
0: Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to btc at redrockmusic.com. That's btc at redrockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show.
1: And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast.
0: See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.